0: Hello. Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. I'm your host, Maddie Pollock, And my co-host... Yes. And I'm your co-host, Shannon Curry. Hi, Shannon. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing good. You're in sunny Florida right now. I am in sunny Florida. And I... Really, I'm just not the best at packing for anywhere that's not the Northeast in the winter because I assume oh, really? it's going to be warm all the time. Like even when I was out in California yeah. when we got together, I was like, oh yeah, I practically packed for summer. That's not how it works. Um, oh. So I'm <laughs> oh, in it- sunny Florida. <laughs> I would do too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, So I am in sunny Florida and it is definitely sunny and it is lovely, but it's a little chilly, but oh, okay. it's nice nice to be out of the the gloominess of the Northeast. Yeah, that's nice. Amazing. Well, what's new? What's happening since we last recorded? I know. So since we last recorded, yeah, I actually had my scan since we last recorded, which is crazy and lovely. Oh, yeah. Well, that is very um, fitting for episode today. How did it go? Obviously, it went well. How did it go leading up to it, all that stuff? Yeah, it was interesting because i think it so it went well it was good the scan came back clear um and i didn't realize how nervous i was until i heard that it came back clear like i wasn't really allowing interesting okay did your body like like (laughs) such a release so relaxed i was like totally driving home from my appointment like scream singing like happily like crying like so, so, so happy. So it was one of those things where leading up to it, I definitely was anxious about it, but I didn't really mm-hmm. allow myself to sit in how scared I was. Um, yeah. especially like coming off the heels of having COVID right before it too. Yeah. Because it was yeah. like I just was rolling right into it. So yeah. So it's been a nice, um, it's been nice, but also different. It. Yeah. Good. How, how, what, how long have you been out now? Like what scan is this? So this is my one year scan. I've been out of treatment. Oh my for god, a year. that's big. I know, I know. It Amazing. is really big. Yeah.
1: Okay, so, good.
0: congrats. So, thank you. So happy about that. And it's been yeah, it's been nice since then, because now I can live my life a little. Even my doctor, because yeah. I had COVID, and I mean, because it's clear, of course, but because I just had COVID, even my doctor was like, "Yeah, you can like do things." Um, yeah, and I was like, "Wow, this feels insane." What a yeah, concept. <laughs> yeah. So I went up to New York for a week, which was really nice, but also, you know, to the point of this episode, um, there was a handful of time things that came up where like I was walking into the office one day and passed the doctor's appointment that I went to the day that I was diagnosed that told me I had a lentil stuck in my lung and
1: oh, just started.
0: Yeah. It was just so ridiculous. That in <laughs> itself was ridiculous. <laughs> he was like, I don't know what's yes. wrong. Have you? Have you eaten lentils recently? No, um, it's, it's <laughs> the Weirdest thing I've ever seen, I've ever heard. Yes, lentils are canceled. Um, oh so my God. Uh, yeah, so like walking through there and just like completely sobbing like on my way <laughs> yeah. to the office, I was like, cool, cool, cool. Time yeah, triggering. Um, for sure. Yes, so it was very, it was really wonderful to be there. Um, but it was definitely hard because part of why I left New York was because it was very hard for me to be healthy there, and so I went back. Yeah. And I definitely had a healthier relationship with, with it when I was there. Um, so it made me more sad because I always, like, you know, I love New York. It's not like I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily want to be there anymore. I just knew it wasn't good for me. So yeah. I, don't know, I always post about it on Instagram whenever I go, <laughs> like, trauma dumping these love letters. to <laughs> um, But yeah, it feels like visiting an ex in some ways where I'm like, we broke it for a reason. I knew it was the right reason, but I still miss you and I still love you. So yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think you'll ever go back like to the city? Because just for context, you lived in New York City, and then you moved out of the city. Good context. Yes, I lived in New York for five years, moved, did treatment in Philly, and then when I moved back to the city after treatment, I was like, hmm, this doesn't feel good anymore. Yeah. Um, And it was also because I realized how unhealthy I was in my life in general. It wasn't just a New Mm -hmm. York thing, but because that... And by unhealthy, I mean just like very living in a baseline of burnout and exhaustion and like staying mm-hmm. so busy all of the time. Um, and really just not like, so disconnected from my body, honestly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I definitely can see myself going back to New York in some point in my life, but mm-hmm. who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, not anytime soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now I am in Florida and going to be down South here for a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, and I also had a community session last week, which was really nice. Yes. Yeah. What's going on Um, with Breathwork? Tell everybody. Yeah. So the Breathwork's been good. It's been, um, you know, I've been doing it, my monthly community sessions. So what those are, are like a virtual group class where we'll come together around a theme. So this week's, or yeah, this month, I should say theme was self-love and boundaries, which was really nice. Mm. So um we uh, you know had folks kind of go through and explore their own ex- experiences and feelings around self love and boundaries and um people had some really nice takeaways just around like you know i can actually have taken some time for growth so it's different ways of being and different boundaries that i put up i no longer need anymore um mm. and like i need to have routine and do something for myself before work and after work or else yeah My mental health is trash because I'm just working all day, every day. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a really good session. So that's the beauty of breath work is just being able to do it. Yeah. Like virtually with clients here and there. So I'm going to be doing those, those monthly community sessions, which will be. um, Yeah. Those sound amazing. I need to come. I know. Come to the next one. Totally. Yeah. Do you have a date for your next one or should people follow you to like keep up with it? Well, people should follow you anyway, but. (laughs) Um, yeah, I try to stay very intuitive with it in the sense that I don't want to, like so much of breath work and, um, my practice with it from a coaching standpoint is making sure that like I'm showing up for people in a place where I yeah. can show up for them. So I don't want to like hmm. put it on a specific date because I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to feel that date. Um, so yeah, so it'll TBD in March. Um, okay. Amazing. Yeah but i'm sure we'll probably record and post before them so we'll see yeah for sure okay yeah. great yeah and Amazing. what about you how are you i'm good um yeah scott i went to london got covid yeah. and then came back from london since we last recorded oh,
1: um, and how
0: how was covid for you it was totally fine like thankfully it was like just like a good. cold to be honest so um It was totally fine. You know, I had like symptoms for a few days, but not very long. Um, I just tested positive for like, like stays in your system for so long, like literally exactly 10 days, like from my first positive test to my last one. I had to stay in London for a little bit longer. And you were probably had it before you tested positive, right? Because you had 100% because I didn't feel well a few days before I left. And so I mm-hmm. took a test. I, like, had a sore throat. I was, like, really tired one day, like, the Tuesday before I left. Took a test. It was negative. So I was like, I just have a cold, I guess. And I'm not, right. not going to London. <laughs> I've already canceled trips. So if it's not COVID, I'm fucking going. Um, so, yeah, I went. And then you have to test when you get there, like, a couple days after you land. And then, yeah, I came back positive. Oh, <laughs> gosh. It's so hard. I mean, it's just so... Damn unpredictable. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> For so, so wild. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad it was just a cold. And like at least yeah. you were in London same. with your best friend. Whoa. I know. Same. So it was still well, yeah. Fun. I was able to do things, especially like once my symptoms were gone. I would just like wore a mask. Um yeah. and stuff like that. But still fun. Um and then I got back and honestly, like, and you mentioned burnout, but like I noticed that I had major burnout before I left because like Mm -hmm. I just was not feeling motivated. I wasn't feeling like wanting to post on social, like anything like that. Um, and just like could tell I wasn't like showing up as much on Uh calls. And then I took a whole week off, which I haven't done in years, like since at least before COVID Uh and I came back and I'm like so motivated and excited and like remind like, just, like, reminded me, like, why I do all the things that I do. And, like, yeah. oh, so just for everyone out there that needs a break, like, you should absolutely take it. Because it really, like, just reignited the soul a little bit. Like, just not totally. thinking about anything like that for one week. Like, just taking a yeah. break. So that was really nice. And I think it's a testament, too, that you can still get burnt out doing what you love. Like, so to- much of your... Yes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You're working It's so now. true. Mm-hmm. And so we think that we wouldn't burn out because we love what we're doing. And it's like, no, no, it's still, yeah. we still need time to just be like fully, fully disconnected and just like totally. totally filling our own cups. I definitely feel like I'm in a place right now where I'm like, I need to fill my cup. <laughs> like I mean, yeah. you saw I'm like all over the place with like scheduling and different things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just need rest. And I just need some time yeah. to like ground and recalibrate and then mm-hmm. refill because our batteries. Get very depleted very quickly. And like, it's so true, especially post cancer and just like in pandemic life, like we just have a, our batteries are sometimes a little bit more finicky. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it really is true. And like, yeah, so I'm so happy I did that. Um, Good. And yeah, and then I'm starting a like self guided coaching program. So for anyone that isn't ready to do like one to one or, you know, doesn't want to, put the, in the money investment quite yet for the one-to-one coaching. Um, uh-huh. I'm going to start offering that. So I'm starting that this week with a friend who's a social media, like mentor or manager for health and wellness coaches and professionals. Nice. And she's going to help me kind of like create the program, um, and launch it and all that stuff. So I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. and, and what is yeah. it, what is it? Like, do you know what it's going to look like yet in terms of, like, will it be emails, giving recipes, No, I, in, like check-ins, think... or is it just, like, full self-guided? Yeah. Well, yeah, probably all of that. Um, for like recipes and stuff, I think it'll probably be, like, maybe a five- or six-week program mm-hmm. where once a week it's, like live um oh nice and like people and it's like just a video you know whether it's zoom or whatever so I figure all like how that works I know she's like done that with a lot of clients like help them kind of create it so yeah so like maybe weekly video calls and then like a group where everyone can kind of chat and like answer questions or whatever and then yeah I I feel like every week there'll be a handout of some sort whether you know and it's probably like recipes meal plans. Maybe some like workout stuff and then like all the mindfulness stuff that obviously I love. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm awesome. excited about that. I've been wanting to do something like that for so long. And I'm like, I just, I texted Chelsea as her name and I was like, I need you to just hold me accountable. <laughs> to, like, do that. Yeah, this totally. Week. No. And I think that's going <laughs> to no. be so nice too because I remember when we were working together, it was great, but also there isn't as much of a community aspect. So, being mm-hmm. able to do self guided and have your own one to one plan, but then have a group to yeah. plug into to work through some of that with would be awesome totally so, again, i'm so excited to yeah. hear about that thanks yeah so obviously keep everyone posted um in the baby stages so not sure exactly what it'll look like yet but i'm excited yeah nice um well our, so we already recorded the episode that you're about to hear so i am so excited about it i loved it yes <laughs> um, me too it- i'm so excited so we had Jacqueline Martyr on, and she is a um, trauma-informed psychotherapist. So, mm-hmm. Maddie, how do we know Jacqueline? So, yeah, so I'm so excited. Jacqueline's amazing. You're all gonna love her. Um, I know I've known Jacqueline forever. Like I think since we were really little, she's like one of my. We have a mutual best friend, um, oh. and yeah, so I've known Jacqueline through our friend Katie for forever. They're both mm-hmm. therapists. And they're both just, like, incredible humans. Um, So I asked Katie, like, do you know any people in the therapist world that, like, specialize in trauma? Uh Because we want to have an episode about it. And she said, Jacqueline. And it was perfect. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, Jacqueline's wonderful. And yeah, so much of why we wanted to do this episode was hearing from all of you. Um, It was an area, I mean, I think just comes up a lot. And I personally feel like i see a lot around like ptsd and just you know obviously trauma so it's like what is it so i think this episode is wonderful because she, you'll see and you'll hear like really break it down and i think it's heavy so like know that going into it that we do not that we're necessarily getting into a lot of detail around you know the trauma explicitly that we went through but obviously Mm -hmm. talking about trauma like i know even honestly just recording it what like there were some moments that I was like I don't really know what to say because I'm kind of sitting here thinking and feeling processing it yourself yeah processing it myself yeah so I definitely will like that's our our trigger warning here um but it was hopeful and it was helpful because she goes into specific ways and methods around how you can um you know kind of come back to your body because I think you know spoiler spoiler if you will that is a lot of really what it comes down to is just reconnecting yeah, true. with yourself and with your body. So I know I've yeah. been dealing with all sorts of. Um, I'm going to try to stop calling it PTSD because I think that puts a label. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah. I've been dealing with all sorts of triggers and trauma, as we all do. Um, but yeah, so this mm-hmm. was really helpful for me, and I think it will continue to be. Yeah, it was. It's and I loved how she also. So, And you'll all hear she focuses a lot on like the nervous system and calming it down Mm -hmm. and all that. And I, I know for both of us, like we're both so, we both are very passionate about the mind-body connection Yeah, and this just like really explains it in like even like a more scientific and like in-depth way. And so, yeah, I'm so excited for everyone to listen. I think it's like really informational and really helpful and just like to know that like, unfortunately, the. But also, like, you're not alone to feel this way because literally we all right. experience this. Like, I've never met a cancer survivor that was just like, okay, done, beautiful, no. like, bye. Um, like, moving on with my life, you know, without experiencing some sort of totally thing after with, like, the trauma. So, uh-huh. yes, very excited. Um, we answered some of your questions. And can't wait for you all to listen. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, let us know feedback. Obviously, we'll be posting about it after, but any other questions for Jacqueline, definitely make sure you're reaching out to her and connecting with her. Um, And yeah, we want to keep hearing from you all around episodes and um, what you want to hear about, because I think this was nice because it was really informational. I feel like I learned a lot. So um, if there's anything else that you all want to learn about or hear about, um, we are excited to bring that to you this season. Yes. So excited. And please rate, review, and subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe. Please. <laughs> all of those things. We need all of, of those things. things. So, all of those um, things. Um, yes. We would love for you all to do all that, show your support, and enjoy the episode. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We will talk to you soon, but here is Jacqueline. Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. We have Jacqueline here today. Hi, Jacqueline. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. So happy to be here with you guys. We're so excited to have you. Um, Okay. So just to start, can you give a little intro on yourself, what you specialize in, all that good stuff?
1: Yes. Okay. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I specialize in helping people heal from trauma. Um, And this can be anything from um, developmental trauma. So trauma spanning over like many years of um, childhood development um, or more single incident trauma, like a car accident Mm -hmm. um, or something like that. And I use what's called EMDR therapy, um, which stands for eye movement desensitization reprocessing. I know that's a mouthful. Um, so I do that and then somatic experiencing therapy. And basically these are both different trauma treatment modalities, um, without getting too much into it, but they essentially both, um, help people heal more kind of at the level of the nervous system um, mm. because so many studies have shown that just traditional talk therapy is not effective really enough when it comes to treating and healing trauma, because it's so much um, of an experience that takes root in the body. Right. Mm. So these um, are different kinds of trauma treatments that really go beyond um just healing kind of like at the level of the mind or through intellectual understanding or insight, all those things are really important. But um, these are just other modalities that I use that kind of help heal more at a deeper level through the body. So
0: amazing. Really awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I want you to explain like what everything is because I think I don't know what either of those <laughs> <laughs> modalities are, but I'd love for you to like explain in layman's terms how trauma and like maybe more connected to like the cancer world of like this crazy, like medical diagnosis going through treatment, like how that affects maybe the physical body of like just the trauma, not even like the treatment. If, yeah. I know that's a big question. But. So no, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Well, okay. Let's start just by talking about what is trauma, right? So I would say trauma is anything, any experience we have, big or small, anything that bumps us out of our bodies and our nervous system's threshold of Mm. um, comfort and safety, right? Mm. So every human is built with this amazing, um, survival, um, survival part of the body, right? The nervous system and the nervous system, every person kind of has a different, what's called window of tolerance mm-hmm. of what their nervous system is able to, you know, what, what distress or scary, painful experiences that that person, that that body and nervous system is able to tolerate. Right. And so, mm-hmm. Whatever kind of bumps us really out of that window of tolerance
0: is considered trauma. Mm-hmm. And does the window get bigger? Like, do people have different Ooh. size windows based on what they deal with as children or like, or is it fixed?
1: What's yeah, that? no, that's, that's a great question. That is so much where therapy can come in, in helping um, to kind of expand people's window of tolerance tolerance in their nervous system and, um, through post-traumatic growth, right. Where you go through trauma or maybe several painful experiences in your life. Um, you're going to eventually, you're going to build more and more resilience over time. And therefore your window of tolerance is naturally going to be expanding. Yeah. Mm. Which is so
0: fascinating. Yeah, I feel like the totally. cancer community probably has very A big window <laughs> wide windows after how yes. lucky are we the resilient <laughs> bunch that we are. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm wondering too, like, so I know most people with cancer experience this of like, or at least the majority of people I've talked to, I know Shannon, we've talked about this of like, once you're diagnosed, like you're like, all right, let's fucking go. Like, I just want to be done with this. Like you're in survival mode. And then mm. afterwards is when the trauma like hits your PTSD. Like, so mm. you're just like, what the fuck just happened? So I'm curious, mm-hmm. like from your perspective, maybe like why that happens. Like, why don't we start processing it when we're in it? We like wait till after or our mm. brains do.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so actually to explain this, I want to give you guys a really interesting um, example of a
0: study. Okay, so I told you guys I nerd out on all this. I love it. Same. (laughs) Honestly, I am (laughs) so amped right now. I love this conversation already. Yes.
1: (laughs) Okay, so one of the main um, trauma healing um, researchers in the field, his name is Peter Levine, and he – Basically, he started his research by studying animals in the wild. So he went to Africa and he, what he was really interested in is why do um, animals not experience PTSD, but mm. humans do. Okay. So what he observed, because he, he observed all these animals and what he noted was there's, there's something that must happen after an animal has been under attack
0: right? Mm -hmm. Or has
1: gone through a traumatic experience of almost enduring death, right? Mm -hmm. And their whole sense of safety being completely threatened. There's something that must happen that allows the animal to bounce back and not um, experience PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. Or really be affected by the attack or the trauma or threat. Um, And why do we experience that after being under attack or threat as humans right and so what he observed is all of the animals that he witnessed after they were under attack they would shake their bodies Mm. this just naturally occurred instinctually every single one of these wild animals would start trembling shaking making all of these kind of weird primal like movements Mm. and then after five minutes or so of this, they would get back up and they would just be chilling in the oh, field, really like as if nothing happened, right? Yeah. So this, the difference between humans, what he observed is that we have a prefrontal cortex, okay? Mm-hmm. We have the same nervous systems as um, as animals, right? So we humans and animals, basically the purpose of the nervous system is to always be detecting for danger and to making sure to be making sure that we're safe. right? Mm. And so both humans and animals share that within the nervous system, but what animals don't have is this prefrontal cortex that's responsible in humans for rational thinking. Mm. So because of this, this is actually the main thing that blocks trauma healing. Because we go into all of our overthinking, our, you know, overanalyzing, replaying the trauma, Mm -hmm. right? Because of our headiness, that actually stops us from allowing the body to just do what it needs to do right Mm -hmm. after trauma to release and discharge all of the pent up survival energy from the nervous system.
0: Mm. That's really interesting
1: yeah so going back to your question <laughs> yeah um i would imagine that maybe what is happening is that the whole experience of cancer
0: mm-hmm. is
1: kind of like the animal being under attack right mm-hmm. where it's the 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 fight or flight is starting to get activated um and that then once the can once the treatment stops, Mm-hmm. Um, that that's when it kind of starts hitting people or the the PTSD can happen because that um, it's kind of the, the, the long-term effects of the treatment are finally kind of starting to catch up with people or being processed in the nervous system.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. That makes so much sense. And I think, yeah, like when we're in treatment, it's like that trauma response where it's like, I just need to do whatever I need to do to get through this. And then once we're through it, it's like, oh shit, now it's stuck in my body. What do I do with all of this?
1: Yeah, and I think there's going off of that, I was just gonna say, I think there's something about when we're on autopilot that Mm -hmm. we're not even really aware of the effect of um, how our experiences are impacting us emotionally. Or impacting our bodies, and maybe there's something too, I would imagine, about in when you're still kind of in the experience of going through treatment where you're kind of that there's so much to process. There's Mm -hmm. almost so much over activation that then when it stops, it's kind of like, oh shit, okay, now everything's slowing down. I'm hitting the pause button again, and now I'm really becoming present again and aware of. How much um of a toll this has taken on me emotionally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Especially too of not only just things quieting down, calming down, it's like going back to our lives and going mm-hmm. back to whatever we did before treatment, and then all of a sudden now with all of this trauma, it's like, mm. how do I just go back as if nothing just happened? It's very, yeah. very heavy. Mm. And I'm interested too around like PTSD. So what is, I mean, it sounds like PTSD is essentially all of that trauma getting stored in your body. But like, what exactly is it, what's happening in your brain with PTSD, what's happening in your nervous system? And Mm -hmm. I mean, long, long question too, but like, how do you treat it? Because I think that's a Mm, lot of the questions that we got from people is like, what do I do? What do I do about it? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so basically I would say PTSD is your body in a chronic state of stress and fear Mm -hmm. where your body has a new default mode as one of very high alert, right? So it's basically like the on button never goes off of Mm. um, being in that survival state, right? So I would say... Yeah, PTSD is where the body kind of gets stuck in that um, fight-or-flight nervous system hyper-arousal state all -hmm. the time, um, where we can be easily triggered, right, kind of be in that hyper-vigilant state, always on guard, where the body is actually hasn't yet comprehended that the trauma has passed. Right, the body thinks that with every trigger that it needs to stay in that survival state because it thinks that the that the trauma is happening again, right in the present moment. Yeah,
0: that like reminds me so much of like fear of recurrence because like Mm -hmm. even now, like I'm constantly checking my neck, like but like during during like those first three months after treatment for me were like horrible, like so scary and. Like so scared of recurrence, and my physical body would like have the symptoms that I was having before when I was diagnosed. Like it would mm-hmm. literally like take that on, and just mm-hmm. you like talking about it is like it just reminds me of that. Like mm-hmm. that's exactly how it felt.
1: Yeah, and it, what's interesting is that that is actually your body doing it, doing its job of exactly mm. what it needs to do what it thinks it needs to do to help you just stay safe and survive. Yeah. Right. But it's, I think what something Mm -hmm. I witness so much with my clients is that there's so much, I think, frustration and anger, or maybe even Mm -hmm. shame really go hand in hand with PTSD because it can really feel like we are powerless in a way of kind of like, what? Like my body's hijacking me with all of these all of a sudden my heart's racing or like what you're talking about Maddie with the the physical sensations, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. I'm right back to feeling anxious. Like, so that's again, just the the nervous system kind of still in that, um, sympathetic nervous system, Mm -hmm. fight or flight state. Yeah. Having maybe not done, um, enough of that releasing, like you talked
0: about Shannon. Totally. Yeah. No releasing was being done. That's, that's for sure. (laughs) and it's so interesting too around how from in my experience how i react to everything else differently now or like before Mm -hmm. i feel like pre-cancer i would go into fight or flight over like an email and i would go into fight Mm -hmm. or flight over like little things granted Mm -hmm. anxiety is real um but now it takes i mean and maybe it's because i'm in a constant state of fight or flight but now it (laughs) takes so much more for me to actually be like okay now i'm more concerned um, yeah. Because, and again, I feel like it's like that window. My window is so much wider now. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. One question, one question someone asked was, and maybe we kind of just covered it, but like, how do you know if you have PTSD?
1: Hmm. I would say if there's a pretty consistent feeling in the body of lack of safety, mm-hmm. right? Um, where it feels like, the body's kind of threat thermostat is set on a higher level, right? Mm-hmm. Where, um, yeah, where it kind of feels like, okay, my there's something going on inside where my nervous system now compared to before the trauma pays much more attention to things that could possibly be dangerous to me, right? Like yeah. exactly what you're saying, Shannon, about like the work email, like that maybe before mm-hmm. – cancer not being something that would have been a trigger right so I would say yeah. that's that's a pretty a clear sign of, of PTSD or that that um, there's been an incomplete response like kind mm-hmm. of in that stress cycle um, hasn't yet kind of fully completed itself if it feels like, the body is constantly on edge, or maybe there's a lot of anxiety in the body, or um, I would say like insomnia, like having a really hard time sleeping is yeah. a really big sign of it. We're just kind of feeling like there's um, this just chronic sense of tightness or tension in the body.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And what would you say some of the differences are between like PTSD and and maybe you did kind of discover this anyway, is like chronic versus not. Because sometimes I'm like, all right, it's not all the time that I feel this way. But then sometimes I do mm. and I'm like, oh, there it is. So like, is there a specific mm. threshold that makes it, because it's what, post-traumatic stress disorder that makes it a disorder versus just like a trigger here and there?
1: Mm. Yeah. Um. I mean, technically, according to like what's called the DSM in psychology right. world, um, like the diagnostic criteria for ptsd is that it's there's these persistent sim- symptoms that have to be present for at least six months
0: oh, gotcha. um, oh that's interesting
1: or wait actually i might be wrong with that it's no it's one month following oh. the um the trauma whatever trauma is if, if it's okay. one <clears throat> month following and the there's a persistent sense of like the symptoms we just talked about, I would say probably happening like on on a daily basis.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Because in my brain too, I was like, so basically if you have like fear of recurrence, Mm -hmm. does that like equate to PTSD? But I'm, it probably is how intense it is. And like, is it every day, like you said, or is it like if you just feel something weird or something like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I honestly, the reason I don't know too much even about this topic too, to be honest, is I try to steer clear in my practice and with clients of even using the label PTSD oh,
0: because okay. it can
1: be, I mean, it depends. For some people, it can be very normalizing, right? Where mm-hmm. it can really bring a sense of like, okay, thank God, I'm, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I'm, I'm not crazy. This is a totally normal and natural part of what I experienced. Mm -hmm. And for some people, they might also experience it as pathologizing where they don't want to feel kind of like a uh, defined now where their new -hmm. whole sense of identity is just this person with PTSD.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I never really thought about it. And I mean, I think with, cancer too there's a lot of I mean cancer is a big part of our identities sometimes now after I mean everyone has a different relationship with it don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but I know for Mm -hmm. me it's become a very big part of my identity um Mm -hmm. that I kind of just automatically loop it in that where it's like all right well this is what happened so it makes sense that PTSD follows but I think yeah everyone has a different relationship with it Mm -hmm. um but I think there is just validity to what you're saying Is like we went through something traumatic there's going to be an impact to it. That doesn't necessarily mean it's Mm -hmm. disorder. That doesn't mean that it's Mm -hmm. something that defines you. That doesn't mean it's not manageable, but you went through something traumatic. So it's totally fair and hopefully helpful to recognize that. So that way you can work through it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly.
1: Yeah. And I, I've worked with some people who experience triggers, you know, once a month or once, once a week. And it's, um, I think like what you're speaking to of like acute versus, is it, you know, if I experience triggers randomly every every now and then, does that mean I have PTSD? I feel like it can also be um, so fluid in a way where it's kind of Mm -hmm. on more like on a spectrum um, in terms of the healing process, right? Where it's, and it's so, it's so not linear, right? Because I know that sometimes people can feel like, oh my God, okay, yes, I'm finally on the upswing. I really feel like I'm I'm not having any triggers, any PTSD symptoms anymore. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm hit with um, a trigger again. And so I think that's also why I try to steer clear of like having it all be really defined and fixed. um, Right. Because... um, yeah, I think that can sometimes just cause a sense of shame if people are feeling triggers again of like, oh no, here I'm back. Right. I have, I'm back to labeling myself as someone with mm-hmm. PTSD again versus ch- kind of just like, okay, I'm going to stay open to that this is really a journey of a lot of ups and downs and that even if I get triggered again, it doesn't have to be looked at as, oh, I've really reverted or regressed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really natural part of the nervous system adjusting to, you know, life after this really distressing experience.
0: Black and white thinking, like that level of this or that, and going to opposite ends of a spectrum, like that can be a trauma response too sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's something that almost can make people feel better in some ways at times where it's like, okay, well, this is where I'm at. This is a safe place because it's either this or that where it's in my Mm -hmm. opinion and my belief is life is very gray and it's very Mm -hmm. hard to navigate that gray, but it is really gray. So I think that's awesome that within your practice, you try to steer away from that black and white thinking, because I think Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like you said, it's not linear. It's something that is just not to say it's not something we'll ever heal from and it's not something that will ever go away necessarily yeah. but it is something that it's just it happened and we'll continue to work through it mm-hmm.
1: yeah I mean I think it's hard because I think you inevitably when you're experiencing such, such distressful symptoms after trauma you do want hope right to know mm-hmm. like okay what is healing Tell me, give me the roadmap, kind of like, tell yeah. me what it's going to look like when I know I'm finally at that destination point totally. where it is yeah. black and white. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, how do I know I finally healed? Because right. um, I think we all want that relief of knowing even that that's possible to get there wherever there is.
0: Totally. Right. Yeah. 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 Like I felt like, I remember one time I was in a, like a, I I did a support group, like a young adult support group during treatment. And it was amazing. But I remember one girl, it was like right before I started my first um, chemo treatment. And one girl was had Hodgkin's as well. And she was done. And her hair was going back. And like it looked so cute and whatever. And she was like bawling, crying, like freaking out. And I was like, what is she doing? Like she just survived. Like I'm not going to be like that after. And I was like, and then after it, I was like, oh, Fuck. Like, and it was like that support group. Everyone was survivors, and it was like always up and down. Like everyone, some one woman was out for eight years, survivor, and like mm-hmm. it's just shows that it's so not linear. And like we need to just be kinder to ourselves through this whole process because it's like gnarly and like wild, yeah, totally. Yeah, and I yeah. think yeah. I realized over which I think I mentioned in the last episode. Like, I think I was in a place towards the end of last year even that I was like, I'm good. I got this. I've processed enough. I'm processing other things. And then over the holidays when it was like such a COVID lockdown, it reminded me so much of treatment. And I was like, oh no, honey, you got a lot to process here. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's important to actually continue to just integrate it and integrate the different triggers and just really work through it versus thinking like, oh, we're done. because so I think it can be like, I mean, I think everything is so moment to moment. Even like a bad mm-hmm. mood doesn't need to be a bad day necessarily. It can just mm-hmm. be like a bad hour, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um where yeah, there will be some weeks where I'm like feeling good, not triggered. And then others, it's like, okay, no, this is not, this isn't it. This doesn't feel good. Yeah. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is just such such a journey.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and Jacqueline, I'm interested. So, and I think a lot of people, a lot of the questions we got were like what do you do? How do you treat it? How do you deal with it? So I know Mm -hmm. you talked about the, how, what you do with your clients and the specific experiences, but yeah. How do you recommend folks continue to release it through their bodies? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I would say, I think the, what you brought up, Maddie, is really important about your experience of being at that group. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, what that brought up for you and what you talked about, about like being, being kind to yourself about Mm -hmm. where you were at in this process. Um, And I think, honestly, that's the number one or kind of the first step with trauma healing is is self-compassion. That's the Mm -hmm. first thing that I always teach my clients before we even get too deep into processing trauma. Um, the first thing is befriending the body, right? So Mm -hmm. that when those experiences come up of kind of feeling like, wow, the body is hijacking me right now, um... Or, like, what we talked about earlier, Maddie, about you had said, like, maybe my body hadn't done enough releasing or discharging, mm-hmm. like, that the animals in the wild yet at that point. Um, yeah. Like, not um, judging that, right, or mm-hmm. not not feeling shame or that there's something you haven't done enough of or done wrong at all in the healing process. Like, mm-hmm. when, when the triggers come up... Um, really learning this sense of, yeah, of, of, okay, this is my body instead of viewing this as why is my body attacking me like this with this random right. bout of anxiety. I'm so mad at my body. Why are you still doing this to me? This is so uncomfortable. Right. I think mm-hmm. the the first step is really, um, kind of this shift in perspective of, okay, this is really my body again, just, doing what it thinks it needs to do to help me and to protect me and keep me safe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's where the befriending can start to happen of forming a different relationship with the body um, where there's a sense of kind of trust in the nervous system that can start to develop Mm -hmm. of kind of like, okay, I trust, you know, these sensations are coming up for a reason right now. Um, And, uh, I'm going to practice like being, having this maybe different set attitude of being really nurturing and gentle with myself and compassionate with, um, whatever I'm experiencing. Um, kind yeah. of like if, do you guys know Tara Brock? The I yeah Yeah. Oh, love you, Tara. Maddie, you gotta check her out. She's great. What? Oh, amazing. Okay. Um, I, I bring her up cause she has a book called Radical Acceptance.
0: Oh, Okay. Um, have you heard of it, Shannon? It's on my bookshelf. I could pick it up right now. <laughs> yes, amazing. Yes. So yes, because I was just going to say because it, it sounds like self-compassion and then acceptance is a big piece of it. Mm. It's just mm-hmm. accepting where you're at and mm-hmm. being okay with it and not judging it. Because I think so much of it too is the judgment is what continues to push it down further and what continues right. yeah. to not let it come out. So exactly. the more that we like fight with our emotions and fight with how we feel the worse it's going to be and the more drawn out the healing process will be.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say that's number one in the book. um, She talks a lot about what that actually looks like, like this term that's thrown out, you know, all the time now, radical acceptance, right. Of what is, how do you actually practice that in the moment? Um, And so she gives like just a lot of amazing tools in there. Um, And yeah, one of them being what we're talking about of kind of pausing and experiencing, like she calls it, the two wings of radical acceptance are um, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So this developing first, this awareness of, okay, what's happening in my body right now? Um, and then the second would be, and can I be with it? Mm. Right? Or can I practice yeah. at least being kind toward whatever whatever is coming up? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So that... So, radical acceptance. I would say, mm-hmm. definitely, big first step. And then, in terms of just kind of helping the nervous system start to feel, start to come back into the window of tolerance when it's been like we talked about in that kind of chronic state of being in a fight or flight or in that survival mode for so long. Um, what's really helpful is whatever can allow the body, this is kind of like what we were talking about before about the difference between talk therapy and therapies that really access the body in the process. Um, But it doesn't even necessarily have to happen through therapy. I think it's whatever can allow the parasympathetic nervous system, which is basically the opposite of the fight or flight um, which is that that go mode right where the heart's racing, um, there's a lot of anxiety. the opposite of that is the rest and relaxation response mm. from the parasympathetic nervous system so there's so many things that activate the parasympathetic nervous system like yoga has been mm. shown to be honestly the number one one of the number one most effective trauma healing modalities even over PTSD medications because wow. yoga, yeah, really in its in its essence, what it's doing is regulating the breathing, mm-hmm. right? And the breath and nervous system are so intricately connected that yeah. when we breathe, even in a really conscious and slow manner, um, it sends a direct message to the nervous system that you are safe, mm-hmm. right? And so- trauma healing is really about getting the body back in that, the window of tolerance or essentially what that is, is just that safety zone that, that chill zone or resilient zone where we just, we feel just a basic sense of okayness. So yeah, I would say yoga is one of the things that does that really can do that. Um, Mm -hmm. Even in a moment, maybe of like immense anxiety or panic um, seeking out safe connections um, is, has been shown to be really effective of, um, helping the body come back into that safe zone. Just even by hugging someone that you love or someone that's familiar, it sends a message again to the body. Like you're, you're okay. You're safe. You're supported.
0: Like physical connection.
1: Yes. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Like having, um yeah, some of my clients who have panic attacks often have said that the thing that helps the most is just having someone that they love just kind of come and rub their back. Mm. Um, yeah. And that can be really grounding too, just even feeling like that, that physical touch.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think the main thing that it comes down to is what we said about, you know, in the moment of a trigger or noticing that the body is kind of back up in that, hyper arousal state, been bumped out of the window of tolerance, um, kind of back in that fight or flight mode, um, doing whether it's dancing, whether it's even just shaking the body, right, of doing whatever can allow the body to discharge that
0: all of that kind of pent up survival energy. Very interesting. I love it. (laughs) Um, Okay, I want to ask, I think I have a couple questions from like a few other people. Okay. Okay. So this one is interesting and I, I mean, we might've kind of already answered it, but she asks how to overcome the concern of an ache or pain and not assume it's cancer related. Mm. So basically like, like that explains it pretty much, but like anything that's wrong, like our brain is like, Oh, it's cancer. It's back. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how to like train the brain or through the medallies that you mentioned earlier, like, to not immediately go there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> Tall order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without saying. Heal us all.
1: <laughs> without saying. it. I mean, I guess this is really where EMDR comes in, right? Because. Um, yeah. Can
0: you explain what that, what yes. that is?
1: Yes. Okay, so basically with EMDR, um, you are recalling a traumatic event, so you're bringing it up to mind, um, Mm -hmm. remembering details of the the event, recalling the memory, and then you are with the therapist, um, Mm -hmm. recalling an internalized belief that came um, that came up as a result of that mm. memory. So maybe the belief is I'm not safe, or um, maybe in a more extreme trauma I'm going to die, mm. right? And so you're kind of looking at okay, what were the main um, the main beliefs that came up for me that I started to internalize? Yeah, as a result of those memories and experiences and then you so the studies have shown that there's it's there's something called bilateral stimulation which is basically where you when you engage the right and left side of the body um it creates a calming effect for the brain it balances both hemispheres of the brain and also this this just helps kind of reprocess trauma in the sense that it can help put traumatic memories from semantic memory, which is short-term memory into back into long-term memory. So that when there's a trigger, like we talked about, the body doesn't straight go into thinking that it's happening again, right in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so this, this treatment, actually, it's really cool. It came about from this woman who had just experienced a trauma. She was in the park and she was looking at squirrels, going back and forth and she was moving her eyes back and forth and realized this is the first time since the trauma that I actually feel really calm. What's Mm. going on here? And so that's where the bilateral stimulation came about where in EMDR, you, I have people follow my finger back and forth across the screen and that, that, so they're in moving their eyes back and forth while um, recalling the memory and then focusing mm-hmm. on the belief that came from that memory, they're um, they're reprocessing the trauma so that in a moment like um, feeling an ache or a pain, that the brain's kind of go-to response is a different one, like mm-hmm. I am safe, even though even though this reminds me of the trauma, the brain doesn't isn't automatically kind of going to go into that trauma response belief.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: which I know okay. is a very long-winded answer.
0: <laughs> no, I think it deserves it though. <laughs> and it almost seems like like it's kind of quieting our thinking mind in a lot of ways and like allowing ourselves to kind of get – because you mentioned before like how we're heady, right, in the sense that we're always in our heads. Mm-hmm. seems like a lot of EMDR and I think a lot of just this healing in general is getting back in your body and being able to like yes. reconnect with your body. So I think mm-hmm. that – specifically specifically for cancer survivors I think it's tough but so much more important because our bodies are the core of what happened like the core of the trauma is in our body so I think that's Mm -hmm. like just something to call out of like the complexity of this work within cancer survivors um but also the importance like you said as well of building that self-trust and building that compassion and realizing Mm -hmm. also that like this just happened to us. Like there's nothing that caused it. Like it wasn't anything that we could have controlled by any means. So like, it's not something that we can necessarily control moving forward. So all we can do is just like kind of come back to ourselves and know Mm -hmm. that like, you know, rebuild that trust. But yeah, it is just so, so much of it is just coming back to our bodies. I feel like with, Mm -hmm. like you said, trust and compassion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have, like, one or two things that people could do, like, at home? I know we talked about, like, yoga. Um, Shannon, of course, talks about breath work. Like, do you have any other practices that you have clients do, whether it's, like, journaling or, like, anything like that that people can do at home if they're feeling like they might have this trauma mm-hmm. response?
1: Yeah. Um. So there's – have you guys heard of EFT, emotional freedom
0: tapping? No, but – well, I think actually um, Barbara Porish has did that with me during cancer. Really? <laughs> One okay. of our close friend's moms. <laughs> she's also a therapist. Um, but yeah, explain explain what that is.
1: Yes, I love EFT. Okay, so basically it's works under the same philosophy as acupuncture. So it's based on Chinese uh, medicine where you're tapping on the meridian point. So same pressure points that they put needles in in the body with acupuncture, the different energy centers, um, to help kind of release pent up or stagnant energy. Like we talked about with how that serves when you, the animals do the shaking, what they're doing is releasing that pent up energy, right? So this is kind of another way of discharging all of the, um, Mm -hmm. dysregulated energy in the nervous system. So, um, you can start at the top of your head Mm -hmm. and, um, I know that since this is a podcast, people aren't going to be able to see this. Maybe
0: we'll make you like send a video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jacqueline's <laughs> fingers are on the top of her head. We can narrate. Jacqueline it. can send us a video, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I can send a video. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you basically start with just taking your fingertips, right? And then tapping the top of the head. And then you can pair an affirmation while you tap, like I am safe.
0: Oh.
1: Um, okay. My body is, um, a safe place, you know, Mm -hmm. just something kind of a self-soothing statement like this. And then, so it's the top of the head and then you go down to, um, the eyebrows above Mm -hmm. the eyebrows, um, and then the cheeks, the collarbones, and then the, um, the knees Okay. Yeah. So it's it's pretty simple. You just go through and as you're tapping, just continue to say the mm. affirmations.
0: Um and how long do you like tap at each? Um I don't know, I would say like five seconds per area. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like head, shoulders, knees and toes. Drama yeah. edition. There you go. Mm-hmm. That makes it easy to remember. Trauma edition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Um yeah, so that's a really good one. And then like um what we were talking about before about the bilateral stimulation, mm-hmm. there's actually a way you can kind of do EMDR on yourself. Okay. Um, secret life yeah. um <laughs> a life hack. health hack. Yeah. <laughs> um where instead of doing the eye movements, you're doing the bilateral stimulation through tapping this way on the shoulders. So sometimes I'll have clients do this who like get um, their vision gets impaired or they just don't like Mm. the eye movements um, that they can do EMDR this way.
0: Yeah. So Jacqueline Mm -hmm. is currently has her hands on her shoulders. Her arms are are crossed and she is tapping her shoulders. (laughs) Uh -uh. Yes. So it's kind
1: of like a butterfly tapping, right? Where you're, Yeah. yeah, you cross your arms. And then you just kind of find a rhythm with each shoulder. So the mm-hmm. fingertips are over the shoulders. And then you can just pair that with, um, I like to have people like go to a safe space again mm-hmm. to kind of elicit and help the nervous, the nervous system come back into that safety zone. Um, so they'll, I'll have them imagine like somewhere in nature, somewhere they've been mm-hmm. before that, where they feel a real deep sense of calm while doing the tapping either on the shoulders or you can also do it on the knees just like this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And what I'm doing now, everyone is just tapping my, um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> taking my palms and just tapping them over the, the knees. Head, head, shoulders, <laughs> knees, and toes is on the knees. Yes. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Okay. Those are great and so helpful. Okay. Do we have any other questions, Shannon? Okay. I think there was a question a couple people had asked is like when to get help, when to see someone. Mm. I mean, I think that's a personal question that's different for everyone, but I'd be interested in your thoughts on that, Jacqueline. Yeah,
1: I would say, I mean, whenever it feels like this is really starting to, the effects of the trauma is really just starting to bleed over into different areas of life and making it hard to function, sleep, Mm. um... And maybe even before it gets to that point too, right? Just as a way to process um, these experiences, I would say if it feels like there's just not a lot of maybe other people in life who understand or um, mm. I, I think what you were saying, Maddie, about like the cancer support group yeah. um, is huge. I would imagine in this process of just having yeah. other people who yeah, can mirror back of like I get it. I went through the same thing. You're not alone. Totally. Um, but if someone maybe doesn't have access to community or like those kinds of support systems, I think when to get help is just whenever. Yeah, it's starting to feel like there's there's a lot of distress. Yeah, in and yeah, it's coming mm-hmm. between just basic kind of happiness
0: and well being. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. Totally. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. It is so different for everyone. I Even before cancer, I was like, everyone should be in therapy. Everyone. I agree. Mm -hmm. 100%. Like, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Life is hard. (laughs) Life can be very hard. Uh, Life is very hard. We
1: all have our stuff.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And it's, I just want to say too, how amazing it is to see, in the work that I do, how quickly the healing process can start to happen where it's like people can come Mm -hmm. the first session being like, I really don't have much hope that this will ever change or that um, I will ever get to a point of like having more of a regulated nervous system, right? Whatever that means. Mm -hmm. And like, um, or will I ever experience less triggers and um mm. yeah kind of what some of the people were asking in the questions about like it does it ever fully go away and um right. and I think yeah one of the people the things I tell people in the first session too is that what's amazing about our body is that it has such a natural um innate capacity to heal itself. Right. Mm. And so the same way like when you get a cut on your skin and you're body and your skin just naturally knows what to do all on its own to heal itself, right? Without us having to think too much about it. I think that's the beauty of where therapy can come in too is, um, or even just learning the tools of like how to help the body come more into that safety zone. That once that starts to happen, where you someone can start to feel more safe in the body from there, all the healing can happen on its own because the nervous system knows right how to regulate itself and come back kind of down into that resilient zone like we talked about yeah it's so
0: instinctual yeah the bodies are powerful. powerful yeah so powerful so powerful yeah and I like just want to reiterate, especially the work that you do, Jacqueline, of like body work in this for so mm-hmm. long. I thought talk therapy was like it. And that's all it really was is we could like mm-hmm. talk our way out of our problems. And it's like you really need to connect with your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially like even when we work together, Maddie, that was so much. But it's like the mm-hmm. mind-body connection is like making sure that yeah. like, we're fostering that. Um, and so much of that, yeah, it's just that acceptance of just like be where you're at. If you're struggling, yeah. that's okay. It's totally okay. Yeah. We all mm-hmm. are, at some way, shape, and form, and at some point, yes. So I think yeah. that's such a big piece of it. It's just like being okay with where we're at, especially mm-hmm. yeah. after cancer. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Jacqueline. This has been amazing. Oh. I learned so much. Thank you guys for so joining us. It's been so good to talk to you guys today. Yay. And then if um people want to like reach out, if they have questions, do you have anywhere people can like reach you or ask yeah. questions, anything, um, email or Instagram or anything Yeah,
1: like yeah, yeah. My Instagram is heartfelt mantras. Um, it's a great
0: follow by the way. Thank everyone. you.
1: <laughs> and then Love that. my website is just Jacqueline Martyr counseling. So yeah, I'm totally okay. happy if anyone wants to reach out, ask any questions, always Amazing. here for the support y'all.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Okay, great. And we'll put all of that in the episode notes too, so okay. if you can easily find it.
1: Sounds good. Perfect. This Amazing. Was well, so thank wonderful. You thank thank was you. Great.
0: Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.